0: Live, more or less, from the sports capital of the world, it's, <laughs> I guess maybe it's not. I'm Rick Rosen with Mark Anthony. This is Good Sports. You know, it always seems like uh, uh, like Las Vegas is, is, the, is the center of the world, Mark, when it, comes to, when it comes to sports. And we're watching it on TV like people in Keokuk, Iowa do, and Biscayne, Florida, you know, it's just different. Uh, to if you're at opening night, if you're and it used to be a little different for baseball. Opening day it used to be that special thing, and the Reds always played it. Uh, it was always cool in the race and sports book. It's not quite the same thing, but for football, you know the king of the the king of the roost there. And uh, tonight is opening night. The Steelers and the Patriots and the, Steelers the, Patriots, and the Patriots are having Patriots. their ring. War- Ring awarding ceremony, yeah, two uh, two AFC teams. You know, the Steelers uh, got forced into the uh, AFC uh, or AFL at the time of the merger, and so these two have been they they have a whole lot of Super Bowls between them. <laughs> been a whole lot of Super Bowls. There have only been fifty Super Bowls, and uh, uh, they've they've got somewhere like ten Super Bowl Super between Bowl two wins between the two of them, and I think they've got six losses in the Super Bowls mark. So that's a that's a pretty good chunk. Uh you know, I mean we're 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 approaching uh I, I think that's well over twenty five percent of the Super Bowls have either been won by or played for by either the Steelers or the Patriots. So yeah, you know it's a great opening game. Um the NFL not wanting to play nice and didn't do any uh the the commissioner's not gonna be there because no, Tom not. Brady as I said as I said Months ago, and you you need to attest to this. To, they're not going to suspend Tom Brady. He's not going to serve a minute of suspension for this taking the air out of the damn balls, you know. And it's much ado about and the, and the judge gave them a chance to to save some face, and, and, and Brady was willing to take a one or two game suspension, you know, at max. And um, uh, the, the NFL didn't want to, didn't want to do it, and, and so Goodell threw all his eggs out there, and I think. I think, he's a, I think his value to the NFL is, is diminishing as we speak, Mark. Um, oh, I think Roger, Roger Goodell's a done deal as far as commissioner of the NFL. He's, uh, now the last few days, he's had to agree to, to give up uh, most, of his, most of his authority as the final say-so on discipline in the NFL because how bad he screwed up. Not just this thing with Brady, but do you, do you realize that he gave out the same suspension to Tom Brady that you get for, for using steroids in the NFL? And people said wait a minute. Now, you know, I I saw a guy I saw a guy getting a parking ticket and then I saw another guy getting a DUI and running down some some poor homeless SOB crossing the street and they got the same fine? There's not people people see there's that's two totally unrelated things. So the 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 repercussion should be different. And they that's- weren't. And uh, and and for the same Brain and I use that term loosely, I guess. That came up with two games suspension for Ray Rice, Colcock and his babe in the elevator, and then playing. Well, we didn't see all the film. Why not? Everybody else did. The kid was up on YouTube. <laughs> you know, uh, welcome what to the twenty first century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was well hidden. Uh, you know. So um, I, I think Roger Goodell it may very well be a, a done deal in the NFL and uh, not a minute too soon. You know. Yeah, I think they need to I I would really like them to to get not, a, not an attorney. You know, to to
1: to stay within the NFL realm here and kind of get off the whole deflate gate bullshit. One thing I <laughs> wish people could experience is the sports book during football Sunday or football Thursday. Oh yeah. I mean, or Monday night you know, football. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, especially in like the win or the Bellagio where where you sit in those big old leather recliners and you got ninety different screens up there and you've got the audience going and you got the the uh, pretty cocktail servers, but just that that is the coolest way to watch a football game. I think even if you did not like football, you could sit there and watch a football game.
0: I think we should do a Sunday. At the Win, and then you know, as our friend Johnny Avello, uh, racing sportsbook director at the Win, and then go to Caesars, uh, where I used to have the show, and then go to the Hilton, uh, where they do such a great job over there, and our friend Kelly Downing uh, is the assistant there, and and go around to these places, mark and see there is there is noticeable difference. Some places have an East Coast lean, some places are everybody's everything, and some places have a West Coast bias to to it's almost like sports bars. you know you, you'll drive by and see uh, home of the Raiders or Cleveland Browns or the Jets or the Giants or whatever. A bar a particular bar hosts those fans on game day. and uh, it, it's kind of the same way in the race and sports books mark, but it really is. I mean if you look at what what people can enjoy this this entire weekend, we are having the opening of, of football season. Okay, and you can wager on it, and that's what made the NFL, so this is where you do that legally. And uh, by the way, (laughs) what's going to be wagered here in Las Vegas, here in Nevada legally on the NFL is an absolute one beer's worth of pee into the ocean comparatively speaking to what's actually wagered on the NFL across the, the nation, across the world now. You know, we play a game, and they play regular season games in Wembley Stadium in London. And so you can get action, william hill, the uh, dominant race and sports book operator here in, in in nevada uh certainly started out there in london, good old good old jolly old England, and so you can get action on damn near anything and uh that's yes. cool it helps the you know if you if you got action on it you're in, you're interested you watch till the end. Guys, guys that got eleven hundred bucks to make a thousand, riding on the outcome of a game, rarely if ever fall asleep in their chairs unless they just <laughs> you know don't, don't need the money anyway. But yeah, you see some real characters and some real some real uh, you you would swear you were watching a life or death thing on uh, oh yes. uh, on uh, you know on a reality show and it's <laughs> schmucks betting sports you know so it's by a the key. way would, <laughs> would you like to uh do you ha- have any idea what uh, what we like here uh, it was the uh, I will I will tell you the three was the Jets and I don't have the paperwork right in front of me uh, the Jets was uh, was one of the games and then um, uh, the over on the Monday night game the Vikings and the Niners uh, over 41 and a half team of that three team parlay I I believe was the Broncos so it's Broncos and the over and the Vikings and how you do this, folks, is you take uh, you take the three teamer, and if you hit the first two, if the Jets and the Broncos cover, and you buy back all the money that you're in with a wager on the other side of what's on your on your the third team of your three team parlay, and you're guaranteed no worse of breaking even. And if you can do that, if you can avoid absolutely positively avoid giving them any money every time you bet. And all you do is win or break even. As long as you hit the first two out of a three-teamer, um, it's how you make money. You're not going to make a great deal. You're not going to put your kids through Harvard, but you're also not going to be eaten out of the dumpster behind Wendy's either. Yeah. So that's that's, that's how these systems work. But you have to have you, you know people people do this with their heads stuck squarely in their ass and lose. And if you pull your, your grab hold of your ears and give a good tug. And, and use use your observational skills. You'll see that there are some things that are that are a good bet, a decent bet, where you've got a fighting chance. And there are some things that are just asinine to to even attempt. So don't do it. Don't give them your money, or just give them your money. Wear and tear on the guy's uh, carpal tunnel that has to write the tickets and do all that stuff. So, uh, but anyway, Steelers and the Patriots kicking off what will obviously be a very long season. It ends in February. And, yeah, and so, you know, injuries are going to play a huge part. And they, now they they muck with fantasy football, another way of betting, where people wager much more on fantasy football than they do legally here in, in Nevada on all things combined. I mean, um, what a shame. You know, uh, I mean, uh, they're legalizing marijuana everywhere because of the rest. They don't see that. Why don't you legalize what they're already doing? Where where, where where do they think people are doing hopping on planes and flying out to vegas on friday afternoon so they can get a bet down for the saturday college and the sunday pros that, you know that's not what's happening they're going down to the donut shop or the gas station or the bar or whatever and they're betting or they're calling a guy that you know i know a guy who knows a guy and the the, uh-huh. the money wager is enormous nobody pays taxes nothing no. so uh, i guess it is a tax X on the poor because uh, again, if you if you don't treat it like a business, if you don't if you don't do some homework on it, it's going to eat you up. But so I, I suppose it, it, it's not just football, but because people bet, you know, everybody's a freaking expert. What always makes me laugh, Mark, uh, and, and it probably happens more in baseball than anything else, but you'll see these guys. Here's the sheet from the the, uh, uh, the, the NCAA sheet, and it gives you I, I don't know if you can if you can see this uh, plainly enough but i 'll hold it still and I mean from side to side, those are little columns of of stuff uh, wins and losses a t s is against the spread uh, over and under and and, and allowed and, and 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 scored and yardage offensive yards. Defensive yards given up, turnovers, the entire shooting match there. So you'll get guys that'll come in and they will have discovered something that they hit on something that worked one time. Well, I was holding a beer in my left hand, and it was it was it was a Wednesday afternoon, and I remember clearly there was a full moon just rising up, and I bet on the team that did such and such, so they think okay, I've discovered a way of printing money. And so they will come to you with every cockamamie stat that you can possibly imagine to justify betting on something. Honest to God, flip a coin. It doesn't really matter which side you take. But one of the prevailing theories, which I subscribe to, Mark, or subscribe to, is that when the line moves, it's moving from where they want it. So somebody's getting the best of the deal now, and somebody's getting a worse deal than they had a few minutes ago. If you if you bet on something at, at five points, and it moves to five and a half, okay, you no longer get a push on five. So there are no when it, when that that hook is in there, that half a point is in there. There are no there are no draws. It's it's win or lose. When a when a line moves, it's easier to move the line from five to five and a half than it. It is from five and a half to six, and uh, especially with a number like six, they call football numbers, uh, seven, ten, four, all all the, all those numbers that that are that are, that can come up in a football bet have to be factored in. So uh, it's a um, again, everybody has has a theory. Uh, you know, uh, guys that uh, guys that bet baseball. Uh, oh. uh, you've got now uh, the good teams are playing good, and the bad. Teams Teams are playing. Why do we want to win? We're going to get a worse draft pick. Let's, you know, let's play the youngsters and see who can play, and we'll let our second baseman pitch the fifth inning. And uh, that's how they go into this last month of the season. Other teams are getting ready and and getting their uh, pitching staff some rest, so everybody goes in uh, kind of on a level playing field. But yeah, it's funny here, Mark. You you watch the people that will come out of the woodwork. It's almost like the Kentucky Derby. You got twenty really good horses. Nobody has a clue. Not a clue. I don't care if it's I don't care who it is. It it could be Mr. Thoroughbred himself. It could be Dwayne Lucas. They don't have a clue. They like their horse, they like their horse's chances. They have a plan. If the plan works, great. They win the Kentucky Derby. If it doesn't win, if it doesn't work, they're with the nineteen losers. There's only one horse that wins. So people yes. people come up with these theories, oh, oh I always bet on brown horses with long tails, and that's just as that's just as good as pouring over a, a racing form with twenty horses in there. And people come there are experts for that day. They do the same thing in umpires, which has a little, a small amount of validity to it, Mark, in that if you look back, if you go back and say, Okay, when this umpire was behind the plate and this pitch what happened? If you look at chips as opposed to the Mets are playing the Pirates, those games, comparatively speaking, if you just say, okay, the home plate umpire tonight's game, zone this big where the batters, where the batters have an advantage or does he have a strike zone this big where, where the pitchers can throw damn near anything. And if the batter's not up there swinging, they're going to get, they're, they're going to strike out looking and, uh, so if you if you use those kind of things rather than the, the, the nonsense that that everybody tends to come up with theoretically speaking, um, I think you're better off. By the way, speaking of baseball, uh, did you see Joey Votto? No, it was it was Volcano Votto last night. Joey Votto from the Reds didn't uh, some nonsense at, at at home plate, and I I haven't seen all the details, Mark, simply because it was kind of. Uh, buried in the in some of the things that I was researching coming into the show, but uh, he wasn't arguing balls and strikes, which is almost immediately uh, 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 they toss you out and you go get your money's worth and talk about the guy's mom and and go back to the dugout and then go get cleaned up and start on the buffet in the clubhouse before everybody else gets there. This was different. Joey Votto was about oh maybe a millimeter. Away from the umpire's face, and spit was flying, and stuff was going, and he he bumped him a couple times with his nose. Joey Votto got suspended earlier in the year for bumping an umpire. You can do you you can call him whatever you want, okay? They're not going to like it, and you're never going to see a, you know you're never going to get get a good shake from the guy. You know they're humans. Joey Votto's probably going to have a pretty decent extend into next year. If he appeals or whatever, it would be to start the next season. And I don't know what happens if a guy retires or something like that. Maybe they make one of his teammates serve the suspension. But anyway, uh, Joey Votto just went way, way over the, and and he got he got run for for something. He got you know, he got tossed from the game for something that he didn't agree with. And when he went to get his his nickels worth, well, he got his nickels worth, and the guy on the end of the the benches, nickelsworth and the popcorn sellers, <laughs> nickelsworth, and yeah, yeah. He got a whole bunch of nickelsworth, but it's really, you got to watch it. There's stuff just flying out of his mouth, you know, at the umpire, and he just kind of stands there and takes it. He didn't wipe it off, which, a little gross, but uh, I guess he didn't want to give him, give him the satisfaction, but uh, it was interesting. By the way, uh Serena Williams, what do you think of the, of the Williams sisters, Mark?
1: You know, God bless them. <laughs> I you know, I mean I I mean
0: more? Yeah. God hasn't blessed them enough. You're asking for more. Okay,
1: go ahead. Well, well, it, at this point in their in their career. Yeah. You know, they've won everything that can be won. Okay. So, okay, so now they go class? up against each other and the one yeah. sister can win the Grand Slam if she beats the other sister. And they both go home either way. So you know, it's like which one do you think is going to win?
0: Yeah. Well, they've they've had that turnaround, around, Mark. Uh, and, and here's here's part of the the conundr. of the two, Serena against. And so Serena's game was was bettered because Venus made her better. Well, in the time Venus was making Serena better, Venus had no. Idea she was playing. She had somebody worse than her. So. Her improvement was not near as as what Serena Williams got out of the deal because she got to play against Venus, and so it's a you know oh little grasshopper. Now the 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 pupil is beating the teacher, and uh, Richard Williams, uh, you know I think the guys uh, going to be in the jerk Hall of Fame. Uh, their dad, uh, these two young ladies were born and bred to be tennis players. That was his idea before they were before his wife was pregnant with either of them. That he was going to have his children be pro tennis players, he saw the he saw the business part of it, and so I don't know. I think it might make for some awkward situations at, at family get-togethers. You know, okay, here here comes the ATM. Sisters, get out of the way. You know, so I don't know. I, I just think I, I I don't think I would appreciate it. That I, that's that's the you know I mean that's the main reason you got me here, not because you were so interested in in having a, a family and, and doing all those kind of things. I'm gonna have girls that are gonna make us rich. Okay. Well, he he succeeded, so you can't really argue with his success. But I I think a lot of people think that Richard Williams is not not anybody you you really should emulate. And my God, he's got you know two but, of the greatest tennis players okay, ever that he that he brought in front. But now, I, now I married
1: into a family. Okay. I don't have kids of my own. My wife's got kids, and she's got grandkids. All right. One of the grandkids plays soccer, all right. So we got to go and watch. Yeah, yeah. uh, You know, so we got to go and watch these kids play soccer. And ninety-nine percent of these kids are playing soccer because that's what mom and dad want them to do. They're not there because they enjoy the sport. They hate the fucking sport. But mom and dad (laughs) say, you know, okay. And you know, I mean. It is that stereotypical where you see the parents getting so irate because he missed the kick or, you know, it's 90 minutes yeah. of watching paint fucking dry, okay, first of all. Yeah, I got Second you. Second of all, I'm, I'm these, with you there. You know, these poor kids are like, make me
0: learn algebra versus this. Please.
1: I'll do anything you want but play fucking soccer.
0: Yeah. You know? I'm with you. <laughs> like, give me a Barbie doll. Like, yeah. if I'm going to do something like that. I might as well have fun with it, not, not get all sweaty out there in the sun. Well, I think the bad thing about soccer is, at least from, from my aspect, kids stand around and are never part of any play that, that results in a score. You know, if, uh, in a football game, if you throw a block that springs a running back, you're just as happy as he is. Oh, my God, I did my job well and our team scored or whatever. I just don't see that in, at least in youth soccer. I mean, there are some well-coached teams, and this and that. But, but by and large, what I what I have witnessed, uh, you know, it's like t-ball, uh, for for older kids too. Is, is the, I think there's a quicker separation of the cream rise into the top in soccer. Uh, you know, anybody that has a great deal of athletic ability, you look at Lionel Messi. I think he would be a tremendous baseball player. He's got such great hand-eye coordination or foot-eye coordination or whatever you want to call it. Um, he's just an amazing individual athletically, and and he's such a standout in soccer. Uh, they don't get the cream of the crop athletically. You know, Guys like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and, and Kevin Durant and on and on and on are playing in the NBA. They imagine the dominance that a guy like LeBron James would have in most any other sport except maybe uh, as a jockey. Uh, but, uh, but I, I mean, so I don't think soccer gets the cream of the crop, like I say, as far as what they have coming into the sport. And so, uh, and an well, athlete stands out a little more and, well, and well, as the athletes stand out more, the people that don't do anything stand out even more because they're just not, they're standing there next to somebody wearing a different color jersey who's standing there. So that's what I see.
1: Well, well, my whole rant was just focused on the parents, not on the sport because, you know, like Serena's dad, you're going to be a tennis player no matter what and you're going to make me rich yeah. and there's parents yeah. on the sidelines you know you know I see this at every soccer game these you know these parents are like you know you got to get better he's 7 years old he just got out of freaking diapers okay you know he just discovered he's got a wee wee
0: okay you're stealing all his self worth <laughs> because you know, he missed a kick or something yeah you're right he is okay. not and be my it's Parents screw up so much in, in in youth sports. It is incredible, and uh, you know I've been guilty of it too. Except I kind of took a novel approach when my son Jim, uh, we we were in the we were in Colorado, moved back from here to to, uh, to way in the hell up there uh, in the mountains of Colorado, and so they had a, a basketball league, and Jimmy was playing. And the, the coach, uh, I, I've seen kitty litter with better idea of what to do with the basketball or how to coach a basketball team. And so it was so frustrating. Jim and I came up with the solution. Dad would go sit behind the other team's bench. And that's what I did. I sat behind the other the other team, and I was all over the referee and all over the coaches and all over whomever. I, I never picked on the kids. They're kids, but they weren't, they weren't being coached correctly, so. If the referees would screw up, you know, they'd say, oh, this asshole sitting with uh, the sit, sitting with Smith's Pharmacy, and we were not Smith's Pharmacy. My <laughs> kid played on, you know, Joe's, Joe's Hardware Store, so it, it, it was pretty cool that way, and we always kind of had a good laugh about it. But, yeah, you know, I've had people look around like, who is this guy? Who's, who's, who's he related to on our team? I don't remember seeing him in any of the practices, and then I would walk <laughs> off with the other team, so, you know. God, do your part, man. You know, at least I knew. At least I knew my limitations, and I, and I got out of the way. But yeah, when I was the commissioner of the uh, NYFL, Mark, the parents were such a big pain in the ass, and you know they they just try to. Uh, nobody really seems to want to do the, the right thing for the good of all the kids, and nothing's going to be perfect. But we had a we, we had a situation, Mark, and this is how stupid it gets. Um, uh, we had a situation where a young man had slipped through the cracks. And he was on an eight, nine-year-old, yeah, he was on an eight and nine-year-old team. And he was 10 years old and almost 11. I think he turned 11 during the season. And somebody had used his old registration form instead of getting the new one. they were just switching the information and wrote his, wrote his birth date down. And so third game into the season, this kid was big. And he was smacking around them little eight-year-olds. And, and by this time, I think he was 11 years old. Well, that three-year gap. If you think the difference between a sixth grader and a third grader is what we're talking about, it was no contest. And and he was hurting kids and whatever. And so they brought it to my attention. You know, I couldn't watch every game. And they brought it to my attention. I went and checked it out and said, okay, this is, you know, we can't do this. And one of the dads was an attorney. And you can't take this kid off and I'll sue it. I'll do this and I'll do that. And I said, well, we'll figure something out. But, they, you know, this is getting hurt because this guy happens to be on your team. Well, they they – relationships and whatever and you can't do that and blah 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 and so I thought about it and thought about it Mark and what I came up with was okay I went to their team and I said alright here's the deal folks I said you don't want to lose this young man off your team he's an integral part of your team the friendships that are formed are going to last lifelong I said so because we can't have all the other teams don't want to play against an 11 year old but you folks Sure, okay with eight and nine year olds playing against eleven year olds. What I'm gonna do is move the entire team up to the eleven year old division. And then and then there won't be any problem. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you'd you have thought I had just, just taken the firstborn male off of every family in that in, in on this team. What are you talking about? I said, wait a minute. Let's 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 go through this, let's think about this. Other people aren't cool with playing against kids older, and you guys are. Okay, fine. We don't want to break up your team. You want to keep the team together, great. You don't want me to move this kid off your team to the team that he should be on, okay? Then you have to. Then the only the only way I can be fair to him, and everyone else is to move everybody up. So. It took about three minutes for the vote to be final, and, and sure enough, the kid went to the team, you know, to where he belonged, and he wasn't near as <laughs> dominant. He was an okay player, but he was just big. But, you know, those are the things that you have to deal with, Mark, and I would imagine not everybody comes up with those kind of solutions. And you get coaches that think they're, they're on audition to, to be on a Super Bowl-winning coaching staff, you know, and nobody gives a damn. Uh, I used to, my, my favorite coaches were the guys that taught these kids and I didn't care how crappy they looked like at the first of the season. I would measure how they looked like mid season and afterwards and go to their practices. And if coaches were working on basics, great. Uh, you know, I had, I had a coach ask me, he says, I don't know what else to do. I said, where's the rule book. I don't have one. I said, well, you know what? How about if I bring a monopoly game out here and just set it down there and tell these kids to play? We won't give them the rules. We'll just tell them to play and see how, that, see how that works out. I said, that's stupid. If your kids aren't, you know, teach them the rules of the game, maybe you'll find something that won't. And sure enough, and the guy was just kind of, you know, cocky until I said that. And then once they, I, I supplied him with a rule book, and once they, I, w- I would go to their practices, and he would have everybody sitting down, and he would go over page by page, and here's, you know, here's the rules, and it, this is why. And then he would kind of explain, this is why they call the, the sideline the 12th man. Because it makes tackles just as sure as anybody who chops somebody at the knees. Uh, you step out there, you're out. The game—that's the tackle. <laughs> the guy went out of bounds. So you know, uh, it, it, it is tough to deal with the parents. If if it was just up to the kids, you could damn near let the kids ref. And you know, okay, that wasn't cool, and let's do that over or, or whatever. But uh, you know, but yeah. yeah, you're right, Mark. It, it doesn't matter what sport. No. I, I've seen I've seen people bitch about uh, crow about their team winning a t-ball game. And honest to God, we've got kids running the bases backwards. And, and you're wanting to be proud about a victory. You know, be proud about, about progress. Be proud that your kid is out here getting fresh air and running around a little bit and having fun and, and, and picking, you know, daisies up out of the grass or whatever the hell they're doing out there. They're having fun, they're playing a game. Why do we need to keep score? And if it had been up to me, we would never have kept score in our youth football league. We absolutely would not have. It's, that's not what it's about, winning and losing. But, you know, they, uh, they, a lot of people live so vicariously through their kids, and I think you're right. That's why they take them into soccer. Here, I sucked at soccer. You go out there and be good. And then they expect much more from the kids. Well, you know, they came from you. Uh, you're, the, yeah. you're the oak tree from which that, that ache Oops. fell. So, you know, if you, if you wasn't worth a damn, why would you think your kid would be? You know, was it just bad coaching that made you such a putz, or, you know, is it genetic, or whatever the hell it is, don't expect miracles from your kid, you know, those, those things don't have they only happen on, on TV, they don't really happen, you, you see guys from the, you see kids when they're eight years old, and you know this kid's going to be a stud, this kid's going to be, you know, playing more football than just high school, he, he's got this great potential. So uh, uh, speaking of that, uh, the potential mark, uh, Bryce Harper uh, from Las Vegas, uh, played for Tim Chambers out at College of Southern Nevada, first uh, pick overall, uh, somewhat thought of like LeBron James is to to basketball. People talked about Bryce Harper. Uh, He was their prodigal son, and sure enough, Bryce Harper is probably going to be the MVP of the National League with the Washington Nationals, even though they have suffered a pretty disastrous collapse towards the last month or so of this season, uh, certainly not Bryce Harper's fault. Uh, he is the heart and soul of that team, and he plays about his heart. You know, it's tough when you got a guy that's that's athletically gifted anyway, and then they play hard. They compete harder than you do. You got no shot at beating them. It takes a fluke. It takes a meteorite hitting at the fifty-yard line if you're doing football, or you know, uh, so, something something amazing happened there around second base for it to matter. Because you got a guy that plays that hard. He is the MVP, and I think. Deserves it, and I think Chris Bryant has a real shot at being the the National League Rookie of the Year with the Cubs, and uh, so it's a it's a pretty darn good time to be uh, talking baseball in Las Vegas, and you know Matt Williams played at UNLV. He's uh, the the manager of the Nationals, and. They have a press conference after every game, Mark, and we see it at Basketball USA and the th- things we cover. Once the event is over, then you go get to talk to the coaches and ask them why you did this or what happened there or whatever. And uh, the Nationals have a have a system where they let uh, season ticket holders who pay extra can come to the press conference. And they get, they get to sit there and watch the guys sweat a little bit and answer questions with very, very cliche answers for the most part. And Matt Williams was there, and uh, the, the people started booing him when they introduced him. And He got up and walked off. And so I don't think his tenure is, you know, these are, once again, people that not only pay for season tickets but pay extra. And they voiced their vote. So, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, and the, the, the big uh, controversy assessment is with the Mets now, um, uh, came over from the American League. So he is only, he's only played half or thereabouts of the season in the National League, and but his numbers and and the things he's done for the Mets and what they were doing before he got there, I think they were in the bottom two or bottom three mark of offensive stats of runs scored per game, and now they are number one <laughs> since he since he arrived. I don't know how do you how do you define most valuable? It's not highest paid. It's not best looking. It's not you know woman. It's most valuable. I don't know how much more valuable you can be than to take take your team from the worst to, to the, the first bat. by just yeah. showing up. And in baseball, yeah, you don't have to be. You don't have to swing the bat to to impact a ball going going out or going into the outfield or being a hit or whatever. Because batters and, and and base runners work together, so they might work on a pitcher simultaneously. And and so that that really seems to be what's happening. So that's going to be a bit of the controversy mark as we head into the playoffs for baseball. Uh, I think Bryce Harper's going to win the National League MVP, but I think, it, realistically speaking, uh, Cespedes should certainly gets some uh, some consideration. And uh, I think you get to vote for ten or something like that on your ballot, some asinine number like it's a Republican primary or something. Anyway, yeah, you get to do that, and I'm sure they'll be named one and two and two and one. And you know, some people will leave Cespedes off completely uh, because of of this. You know, baseball has so many damn unwritten rules. If somebody just wrote them down, they'd look at them saying, "That's a really stupid rule." You know, it's like if a guy throws it, uh, you know, it tr- throws a, a, a ball too close to you, or a guy hits a home run out and he wa- he, he takes too long rounding the bases, or he smiles at his girlfriend up in the stands, and then the next guy up gets hit with that baseball, which is a deadly object. And so they have some unwritten rules that I don't think any other sport has that many. Yeah. You know. Um, so anyway, uh, but boxing, Mark. I guess we got to we got to close up. Uh, Floyd Mayweather supposedly in his grand finale uh, on on uh, the twelfth, which will put him at four. Rocky Marciano retired, the only undefeated champion, and he was a heavyweight champion. and retired before anybody could beat him, and which is all cool. But. Uh, that's the record, but the record is not a, a numerical record as much as he was smart enough to retire before he got beat. I saw Julio Cesar Chavez. He was 87-0 and 0 before he had a draw, I think it was, Mark, and maybe 76. Anyway, 76 and 87. He had this enormous, almost twice as many victories as Floyd does in a row. And and Julio Cesar Chavez did not duck many, you know. He, he lost twice to, to Oscar De La Hoya when when De La Hoya was still a, 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 the nuts, you know, the most viable alternative that they had to Julio Cesar Chavez was Oscar De La Hoya, and uh, Pernell Whitaker got the draw uh, in a fight that he won, and was awarded a majority majority draw out of it, and it was unfortunate, you know, I mean, he really and and Julio Cesar Chavez beat Meldrick Taylor with two seconds left in the fight Richard still stopped the fight because Meldrick Taylor wouldn't answer his questions and Lou Duva was coming through the ropes, I'll never forget, I was in like the fourth or fifth row back and they're in the corner and and Meldrick Taylor had absolutely dominated Julio Cesar Chavez and 12th round and Chavez, they tell him this is it, dude, your streak is over your winning streak is done, Liz. Cannot, you cannot score enough knockdowns in this round to beat him on points. So you're, you're going to have to knock him out. And uh, Julio Cesar Chavez did everything he could. Man, and Meldrick Taylor was fighting back but on his bike and, and, and getting away. And Chavez got him in the corner, and there was like 10 seconds left. And Chavez hit him with a, with a good combination. And Meldrick Taylor went down to a knee. And as he got up, Richard Steele brushed off his gloves and said, Are you all right? Well, Lou Duva was already coming through the other corner to celebrate he knew they'd won the fight and he was coming through and so meldrick taylor cocked his head like this and he was looking at lou duva and rickard still said again are you all right and meldrick taylor didn't answer him he was looking at lou duva. he was fine he could have got there was only two two or three seconds left in the fight he wouldn't have got hit again and still asked him and he didn't respond he stopped the fight and so you know the conspiracy theorists just went nuts. It, it you know kept it intact that w- that winning streak. But yeah, it was. Uh, I'm almost positive Mark it was 76 before the draw and 87 before before a loss. So you know, yeah. uh, Floyd's got some more some more fighting left uh, left to do before he's the the official you know, record holder. Um, nobody's gone undefeated and, and got out except Rocky Marciano. So Floyd says he's, he's not going to break. Tickets. He's not going to go to fifty. You know. yeah, he's not. Oh shit! You can't give them tickets away. You know? <laughs> uh, 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 and and that's right. He's you can't sell a pay per view. Seventy-four, ninety-five. Are you out of your frickin' mind? for Floyd Mayweather to not get hit. Watch Floyd dance around. It's great if you're a boxing You offic- Appreciate the sweet science of boxing, but on. To God, I really would rather watch somebody lick the glue off of a stamp than than watch Floyd not get hit. It's not A fight, it's boxing at its finest, but it's not a fight, and nope. it's 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 the Toreador, and the, I mean the, the you know the matador and the bull, and that's what it's going to be. Um, Berto has lost, I think, four of his last six fights, and handpicked, and he's got no shot. I have just as good a chance against Floyd Mayweather than than Andre Berto does. It he's will take just you enormous.
1: He's he's just there to cash a check, which is what I do. Oh yeah.
0: Oh well, you know he's going to be part of history. Listen, that's the deal. Here's the forty nine and zero. Now I don't think for not going to ego up and and, and go to fifty five or whatever it is. But I'm telling you right now, the speed guys. That's the first thing that goes. So uh, I think Floyd's more interested in the zero than who's on the, the record. I was very surprised that he fought Manny Pacquiao for that very reason, Mark. And I don't think that re- that thought process has changed. I think Floyd got backed into a corner and it came out real well for him. It worked out, you know, a couple, what did he make? A billion dollars for that fight where he didn't get hit. You know, I think Manny sweat on him a little bit, but that was about it. And uh, so, uh, uh, the world of boxing, uh, the, the the historic 49 oh fight, it would make Floyd 49-0, tying Rocky Marciano's record, but not the record streak, you know. Uh, so, uh, and the boxing expo market the convention. Boxing it's an expo. Cool thing is not it's a uh, to a casino, and uh, uh, so yeah, I think that I think that makes it more accessible to people. They just feel a little comfortable, a little little different when, than when it's at a casino. And I think there are some benefits to being at a casino. Uh, we talked about the atmosphere, at the games, and, and those kind of things. So I think you lose a little bit of that to have it in the convention center. Although they have been some tremendous, including Muhammad Ali. Uh, a, lot, a lot of real famous people started fighting at the convention center before there was the Thomas and Mac. I mean, they had the fights at the Silver Slipper. Bally's came along. They had fights there. But the convention center was the host of uh, a lot of fights before we had. Uh, we had. Uh, so, anyway, it's about it, Mark. The Boxing Expo is going to be phenomenal. The, and that's the number Saturday. of people that are there. Yeah. The, and that is Saturday. And it's before the fight. And then, of course, the the. The Rebels play Saturday night, uh, playing UCLA, and uh, my uh, my uh, I, I'm not quite sure whether he's a cousin or a nephew, but I know we're related. And that's Josh Rosen, the uh, the quarterback for UCLA, who I don't believe is going to play his senior season. Probably not his junior season. at UCLA he looks very polished for a pure freshman. I mean, he really did. Uh, he really did look the part of a of a, of a not six months out of high school doing what he did last Saturday. So if he keeps that up, I think you're going to see somebody. You're going to hear there's only 11 games or 12 games, market. you're going to hear the Heisman crap immediately, if not sooner. And he's going to be mentioned until somebody supplants him, until somebody throws for 490 yards and, and runs for three touchdowns and, and sells popcorn at halftime or something like that. I believe he's the front runner. So, uh, you know, it's good that he plays in a major media market uh, there are no pro teams to take the take the the spotlight off of him in Los Angeles or Pasadena our friends uh, Michael and Christopher Flock are out there covering the UCLA and, uh, and from all reports from them this guys the real deal what i saw in that game market was it was pretty special watching him so uh all right. what about your vikings man the vikings and uh monday night football what do you think double <laughs> on monday night <laughs> What do you think about your Vikings and 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 your boy Adrian Peterson? Is he going to have a season like he's had before? I think no. he's prone to injuries. I don't think he's going to make it through the season. But no, what do I know?
1: No, well, you know, the Vikings are going to be, you know, I mean, come on, the Vikings. These guys would screw up a one-car funeral. All right, it's just that's just <laughs> okay. Peterson is going to probably get get taken out on the first first game because, well, that's. That's what's going to happen, and then he's going to sit he on the side.
0: He got hurt in training
1: in camp. Million dollars.
0: Yeah, he got them, them legs. He got hurt in training camp. You know, he's had all the off-field nonsense with the with the child abuse and all that, all that kind of stuff. And wears and tears on a guy. You know, people say, "Look at the money." Yeah, look at the money. He's he would be passing up to retire that, or get out or whatever. That, yeah, but he already got the money. He's not like that. And that would be the first million dollars.
1: This year they play outside, and so you know. Sunshine, yeah. fresh air—they don't know what to do with that, you know. So welcome home, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's Listen, like, ooh, it's great. Like in the old days, caught, caught, caught a whole lot of lot of people that could play some real good football, but cold. it you and and I played in the cold. I'm from Colorado. I played in the cold before, but you have got to be a real man to play in that in that frigid cold. Be more prevalent in Minnesota, uh, and I don't know why. Mark International Falls, Minnesota. You no, know, they always have the record. They're in Fraser, Colorado, which is at the top of the frickin' mountains, thousand feet or something. So yeah. You expect it to be cold. It ain't in International Falls, Minnesota, and that that frigidity is just incredible. And I think uh, Minneapolis uh, St. Paul area uh, certainly gets their fair share of really, really cold weather. And uh, I think that the Minnesota Vikings would have won Super Bowls by now if they just stayed outdoors. They had the greatest home field advantage ever. And Bud Grant said he was not going to install heaters on the benches until they won the Super Bowl, and by golly, he didn't. And those guys used to sit over there, you know, I, I would imagine it took them three days, to uh, the bench warmers anyway, to thaw out enough to, to, to go potty. Uh, the, you know, that's, that's some mighty cold stuff. and So, uh, you know, they had an advantage, but boy, they were tough, and I don't think anybody looked forward to playing in, in Minnesota in December. And uh, so they may they may get that back, but I think they're a team. Very, a lot of holes, Mark, and they they kind of got old. And you know they've got this this going and that going and something going against them. And the Niners are no, no day at the beach either. Jim Harbaugh doing his deal now back at Michigan, and so they've got new this and new that. And man, the the police blotter could be filled with just Niners on there for this (laughs) uh, for you know for the off season. And uh, uh, I I I don't know. Maybe the equipment guys got a got a way. They figured out to get the shoulder pads over the handcuffs, but until that until that occurs, they're going to they're they're going to be at a definite de- definite disadvantage on some of those things. Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, the guy that blew off his finger, his index finger on the uh, on the uh, Fourth uh, of July, defensive end for the Giants, and a real I mean he hadn't played football very long and come over from from Africa and and hasn't played or I believe he was at least not from America and. Uh, learning the game of football and blew off one of his fingers, and now they're they're having this real problem. He he took a physical and he showed him up, and the, so I don't know what it is. I can't imagine that playing defensive end that a, a missing finger is going to make a whole hell of a lot of difference. You know, Ronnie Lott had his little pinky amputated on purpose, and he was a defensive back, and I would think they used as much of their hand as as any other position on a football field. Uh, and, and didn't seem to slow down Ronnie a lot, so I don't know if there's more damage to his arm or his you know whatever it is. But you would think just blowing off a finger as bad as that sounds wouldn't be the end of a football career. You know, kind of depending on the quarterback, yeah, probably not going to do do much for the spiral on the ball, but for a defensive end. So anyway, that's one of the stories that uh, that I think we're gonna you know have to see how these guys can withstand these injuries. By the way, there is help on the on the on the. Our friend Dr. Sicking is working on a football helmet, from what I understand, that's that's to absorb seventy-five to eighty percent of the concussive impact to a head. Cool. And I think this could absolutely be uh, in, in combat sports, in in contact sports, and so I'm really looking forward to the developments there. We will obviously post them, uh, you know, anytime that we get something that's uh, that's that monumental, we will let all our listeners know. And uh, uh, by the way. Uh, it is opening. It is opening night of the uh, of the NFL season, and there's the Steelers and the Patriots. And I'm going to sit back, and crack a beer, and pop some corn, and watch the game. And All right. uh, what are you doing? Are, are you going to be in a casino, or are you going to watch from home? i want to watch from home. Okay, maybe it'll, maybe it'll, it'll get the taste of watching soccer out of your mouth to watch some real <laughs> NFL football that counts. So. <laughs> there we go. Hopefully that's, uh, that's how it goes, dude. All right, man. Well, uh, folks, uh, once again, we uh, always thank you for listening and, and helping us out here on Good Sports. And, uh, Mark, uh, God bless. Uh, always a pleasure working with you, buddy. And uh, so until next week, for all of us here at Good Sports, uh, God bless. Take care. I'm Rick Rosen for Mark Anthony. We'll talk to you again next week right here on Good Sports. Good night. Good sports.